Welcome. Glad you are here. And like, is there any better, is there any better moment um, for us than seeing people come out of waters with a, with a look on their face that declares outwardly, I'm, I'm different. This is new. This is what new life looks like. Um, I, I, I think no matter who you are, as you as you sit and you, you watch baptisms, something happens. So, so if, you've, if you've gone through the waters of baptism, then there's this trigger inside of you that you're thrown back to when you went through the waters of baptism. You can, you can probably remember the place. You can remember who was there with you. You can remember um, that, that feeling of coming up out of the water. You can remember the, the symbolism for you of the, the declaration of new life that was going on. Uh, for others that, that are in the room and, and you watch what happens, there's, there's this moment where you go, I've never experienced that. And I have a longing inside of me for, for that joy that's there. Um, I have a longing to be a part of that. I have a longing to experience that. Uh, and some of you, you, you've probably been fighting for a while, right? Some of you are sitting here and you're going, ah, oh, man, God's been tugging for a while at this baptism thing. And every time I see it, I know I should be in the tub. Um, the good news is the tub's still there, so we can take care of that. Um, but then there's, there's others who the longing goes more towards, is that real? Uh, it, may, it may be more of a, a, a skeptical, like, like is, is new life truly possible? And maybe even a question mark above your own head going, going for, for me... I don't know if that is possible. But for, for me, I, I'm not sure. And so you sit here going, I, I'm not sure. I don't have a box to put in the, the stories I just heard and the life changes taking place and the joy that I don't have a box for that. And I, I just want you to know that's okay tonight. Like, that, that's okay. It's okay to walk that path. But, but what you need to know about everybody that went in and you, and you heard before they are coming from, they are coming from a perspective. Their posture is moving from what God has done. So God has done something in their life. God has taken their old life and God has, God has essentially buried their old life and raised them to new life. And in the process of raising them to new life, there, there's, this, there's this moment for them where they're, they're now moving from that. They're going, I want to declare that to the world. I'm moving from the fact that Jesus has saved me. Jesus has changed me. Now I'm entering this. I'm moving outward from that truth that Jesus has done a work in me. And tonight, I just want to rally around this conversation of, of your life posture will be lived from or for. That, that you will live in a perspective that you are moving from something or you are living for to get something. And as we unpack that lo- longer tonight, it'll, it'll make sense. But kind of a way of framing up this whole conversation was... I've had this desire for a while to see Coldplay live. It's just something that for me has been like bucket listening that I want to do. And, and they were in Phoenix and Phoenix would have been really easy to go see them. Um, but I was like, ah, the tickets are too expensive, right? So this week, about a week and a half ago, I was sitting, I got a text from my wife and she goes, you want to go see Coldplay? I'm like, is this a trick question? Like, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I didn't even know they were still, she goes, they're in San Diego which I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of financial sense that we didn't go to Phoenix, but we're going to go to San Diego. That, that's a good choice. Um, 
So we, so we decided we were going to go see Coldplay in San Diego last weekend, and we get out there, and I'm like, I'm like a kid, y'all. Like, I cannot wait. So I, I don't read emails, but I read the email that told me to be there early, you know what I'm saying? So, so we get there early, and we're in the parking lot, and, and I'm like, man, we're really early because there's a lot of parking spaces, and, and I didn't care. Like, I pulled up into one, and I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't really care that I got to walk. I just want to get out of the car and go. Like, I, like I'm, I'm done with the car part, you know what I'm saying? And, and the other three companions that were with me, my wife and kids, they were not so happy how far away we parked. Um, but I was like, that doesn't matter. Like, we're going. Okay, so we're looking at the ticket. Ticket says gate, or ticket says P33. And I'm like, okay, we are finding, because I'm looking up and the gates are there. And I'm like, we're looking for gate P. Let's go. Let's go. We're on a mission, right? And so we start walking up and, and we... There's gate K and we're, we're walking around. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's just this way. And so we start walking around and it's just getting like more and more concrete and less and less gates. You know what I'm saying? And my wife's like, I don't think it's this way. And I'm like, I'm positive it's this way, right? We, we're, we're fine and we keep moving. She goes, why don't, why don't we just go through gate K? I'm like, because we have gate P obviously, like we got to go through P and that's K and they're probably not going to let you. She goes, did you ask them? Okay. Dudes in the room, we don't ask, you know what I'm saying? That's like asking for directions. We don't do that. Right. So, so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you were with me. Obviously I did not ask like, like, but I go, you can ask. She's like, okay. So she goes over and she asks the, the, the person at gate K, can we enter here? And he goes, oh yeah, you can, you can come right in. I really do. You can't do me a solid and just go, no, you got to go around. <laughs> so we go through K and, and, and here's, here's what I want you to get. I didn't walk up to that gate going, hey, where's the scalpers? I need a ticket. Why? Because I was living from the reality that I had a ticket in my hand. I'm living from the reality of the knowledge of truth that I have in front of me. The knowledge of truth in front of me, I got a ticket that says I need to get to P33, right? And I'm living, I'm making choices according, I'm moving from, I'm not there trying, I'm not, I'm not acting in a way where I'm trying to get a ticket. I'm living from the perspective that I have a ticket. We get inside and you know how stadiums are, like you go around again, you know, that whole thing, like there's the big outside loop and then there's a, I'm still looking for P, right? We're, we're, we're looking up and there's different, different letters and I'm like, we need, we need to find P, it's this way, I'm sure. And we keep walking and finally, I kid you not, we got to a barricade and my kids are like, I don't think this is the way. And I'm like, we can get over. And they're like, no, I don't think we're supposed to go over. And of course, my wife goes like, we could just ask somebody. <laughs> we could. Why don't you do that? And so she goes up to somebody and asks, and the person goes, oh, oh, you're, you're on plaza, plaza section 33, and this is the plaza level. I'm like, I knew that. I knew that. And then we move forward going, okay, we're going to find section 33. And we went down and found our seats. Why? Because we were working from the reality of what we knew to be true. We were moving from truth. People were baptized tonight. Why? Because they are moving from the truth of what Jesus has done. If you have a Bible, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. I'm not going to have verses on screen tonight, so... If you have an app, please open your app. Uh, Matthew chapter 3. Um, if you would indulge me, I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, I don't want to insult 
anyone's intelligence or pretend like you don't know anything. But I really think that we have to get this idea of what we live from. And sometimes we just need a good reminder. Because I don't know about you, I got all kinds of messages in my day, in my week. Um, And sometimes those voices speak really, really loud. And those voices lead my heart different ways. And so tonight, if you would indulge me, I'm going to draw a little bit. We're going to read the Bible and I'm going to draw. And I'm really hoping that by the time we're done, um, we walk out of here living from where I believe that God would have us live from. So in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? So John's going, wait, hold up, you're the Messiah, and you're coming to me? No, 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 I should be, you should be baptizing me, Jesus, because you're the Messiah. Jesus replied in verse 15, it says, let it, be, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at the moment At that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So if we can, let's take a moment and let's just just sketch out. Real rough sketch, by the way. There's a river... And there's two guys in the river, one being Jesus. And it says that the moment that Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And it says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. (laughs) Y'all think you can do better. You just knock yourselves out. And there was a voice that said something very specific. My son. Who am I what? And I'm how pleased? Well pleased. It's been a long day. My writing's getting worse. So the story goes that the heavens, the heavens as Jesus comes up out of the waters, the heavens open. Think about it just for a second. Think about it. Let your imaginations, okay? Think like kids. Think like kids. What did that look like? What did it look like? Was it just the clouds like parted and sun rays came through? Or was it more like when the heavens were opened, the, the cloud, the sky actually split. And in the midst of splitting and parting, the, the, the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. Can you imagine that moment? And in that moment when you're captured, all of a sudden Morgan Freeman begins to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the voice of God. And Morgan Freeman bellows specific things over Jesus. Now, now here's what you need to get. Before we get to what is said, what you need to get is this, that, that Jesus is only 30 years old at this point. Jesus hasn't done anything. He hasn't been out like healing a whole bunch of people. He hasn't been out like earning the favor of God. He hasn't been out like accomplishing all of God's mission. He's been somewhat secluded. We know something about him as a 12 year old, but other than that, like Jesus has been off the radar and all of a sudden he comes on the radar and he's in this moment And very, very specifically, it's spoken over him. 
my son, my son. There is a claim that is put on the life of Jesus. There is an ownership in that moment. There, there is a relational component to that. There is a belonging that is put to that. That my son, whom I what? Love. My son. So not only is it ownership, but now it's declaring the, the feelings, the emotions, the relationship that exists. And he goes, my, my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus hasn't done anything to this point to earn the favor of God, the Father. Jesus hasn't done anything at this moment for God to put his acceptance on him. It's not like he's gone out and done a whole bunch of stuff. God is declaring over him, you're my son whom I love and I am well pleased with you. See, this is a game changer because from this point, Jesus gets to live from the word of God. What is the word of God declared? You're mine. I love you. And I'm pleased. I'm ex- you're accepted. That's the perspective that Jesus now begins to live out from. So, so hold up, hold up, because Jesus' life isn't going to get all rosy, right? Remember the end of his life, he ends up on a cross. So, so, so Jesus' life isn't this easy journey that takes place. In fact, there's a point in the garden where he's praying and he's going, hey, if, if you could do this, if we could do this another way, because this plan of saving the world, I, like, let's come up with something else. Let's have a quick think tank. Let, let's, let's pick something else, right? But what is, he, what is he walking it out based on? I'm your son, I'm loved, and I'm accepted. You're already pleased. You see, he's living from, he's not trying to earn the acceptance of God the Father by going to the cross. He already had the acceptance of God the Father. And so, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 2, then it begins to move more directed towards us. Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 4. So Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But because... Of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, so let's go ahead and just sketch this out. Okay, so God, right? Because he is great in what? Love. Because of his great love. So maybe the first thing is just a, a simple heart. Because of his great love for who? This is us, not the TV show. God, 
who is what? He's rich in something. Who is rich in mercy. The God who is rich in mercy made you, made us, alive with who? With Christ. That's Jesus, by the way. Don't judge. He knows your heart. There's a key word there. He made you, he made you, he made us alive with Christ. He made us alive with Christ. Here's why this is important, because sometimes in certain circles, you may hear that Jesus isn't alive. You may hear that Jesus sacrificed himself, but what you need to understand is that if you are alive with somebody, that means that somebody is also alive. So that means that the King of Kings, Jesus himself, is alive, and we, the Bible says, we, us, are alive with him. We're not dead. These people coming up out of the water, they are alive in Christ. So the word with belongs in here. I've had too much coffee. Alive with Christ. So, so, so let's break this down real quick before we move forward. Okay? So according to this verse, God who is motivated by love because of his great love, he is motivated to move on whose behalf? Humanities. He's motivated to move on behalf of us. He's motivated to step off of his throne, to step out of heaven and move towards you. Why? Because he's motivated by love. Here's, here's where this, this, the rubber starts to meet the road. You didn't have anything to do with God getting up and moving. You didn't do something, and now all of a sudden God's like, oh, snap. You see them? We got to get up and go towards them. That's not the story. That is not the gospel. The gospel is, it says that while you were dead in your sins. Okay, let me translate that for you. While you were at your worst, God looked at you and went, I am going to do something about that because humanity is not supposed to be that way. That he got up off of his throne and he said, because of his love, because he cares for you, because he cannot stand for you to not be with him, because he knows that the home for humanity, the home for you is best when with him. He goes, I'm going to do something about it. And he begins to move towards you. Why? Because he's rich in mercy. You know what rich in mercy means? That you're bad. All the things that you have done that deserve punishment, he is really good at not giving punishment. He is really good at withholding what you deserve. So, so while you may have grown up in a place where people go, you know what, just don't make God mad because he will what? He'll get you. He's got a really big bat and he always bats a thousand. He'll get you. That couldn't be further from the truth because this verse says he's rich in what? Mercy. He's not out to get you. He's out to come here for you. He's out to bring you home. And so maybe there's a word that we, we can put in here that would help make sense of this first part. Does the word belong? 
did you know that you belong today? You belong today. The gospel is you belong today. Why? Because God moved from heaven to earth. Why? To make you alive with Christ. That God went to the cross and died on your behalf long before you ever, ever stood up in a service or you ever said, man, I trust that. Before you ever did anything, God had already moved and provided a way. God had already showed up on your behalf. God had already told you that he loves you. God had already come and said, you belong best with me. That you are supposed to thrive and be your best and humanity be its best when it is at home with him. And he says, you belong with me. And that is before you ever did anything to reciprocate. The verses carry on and they say that it's, that it's um, through this word called faith. That is by faith you were saved through, it is through faith by what? Grace. Okay, here's the kicker with grace. You can't do anything if it's Grace. You can't earn it. Like, like there's nothing that you can do. To, like, like and this, this is a major point, right? Because we don't like that. Because you know what we're like? I'm going to pull up my, myself by my shoestrings, and I am going to go to work, and I'm going to be a better version of me. I'm sorry, a better version of you doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why? Because you will never be good enough to be what God intends for you to be. You will never be good enough to get yourself out of where you are. You will be never be good enough to defeat sin. And there's a word that goes along with faith that it's actually believe. Now, I don't know if you grew up in church. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your, your bent towards Christianity is. But this gospel isn't preached too often. It needs to be preached a whole lot more. That you belonged way before you believed. Because if that's not true, then when you believe is when you actually get. But the problem is God's already provided, is how the story goes. God already showed up when you didn't even know you needed him. And and it's as you came into the realization of that, that then by faith you went, I'm going to trust that. Because that that sounds pretty, pretty right on to me. And verse 10 captures then the next part, because in verse 10, it goes back to these people. You remember these people? This is us. This is us. And it says that when God moved towards us and he created a way and we belong, then you believe. Then it says something else about you in verse 10. It says that he created you to be his what? His handiwork, right? So he created you. Another, another version of that that's, that's probably more accurate is that he created you to be his masterpiece. What do you do with masterpieces? You put them on display. You put them on display. Why? Because what happens when you see a masterpiece, your mind goes to who? The artist. You get a glimpse of what the artist is like by the piece of art that they create. 
And so you, when you said yes to Jesus, what Jesus says that he does to you is he now transforms you. He now morphs you into, if you like, he now creates, he's the artist at work. He takes you and he molds you into his masterpiece. Why? To put you on display. Why? Because then wherever you go, what people see of you is the artist. What people see in you is the story of God. And it says one last, one last piece in here. It says that you were created as a masterpiece for this thing called good works. And maybe another word that we can add. is behave. You see, this is where it gets really interesting. You belong, you believe, and then you behave. See, see, God, God looks at you, and when, when, you, when you recognize the story that you're in, when you recognize God for who he is, when you recognize him for what he's done, then, then, at that point, when you believe, he says, now I'm conforming you into my masterpiece. Why? Because so, I got good works for you to do. I got things for you to do. Because when you do those things that only you can do, because you are his unique masterpiece, when you do those things, people see those things and they look back and they see him. But see, here's where, depending on where you came from, this is where we get mixed up. And here's what I mean. This is the gospel. You belong, you believe, you behave. The problem is we often flip this and we live from behave to believe to belong. Too often we live from a space where, where you just got to do the right thing. So you go to church and it's like you got to act a certain way. And you get in church and it's about how you act. And if you act long enough, then you will belong. Or if you do the right things, then it's assumed that you believe the right things, and then it's assumed that you belong. That is not the gospel. The gospel is not that you behave to belong. And if you flip those things, you will burn out on Christianity. You will burn out on your Christian walk. Because what behavior does is it goes, if I behave the right way long enough, I will change. That's not the gospel. The gospel is you are changed at the point of belief so that you can behave. If you're here and you're tired, you're like, man, I have tried this Christian thing. I'm hanging on by a thread right now. I would dare say it's because you've been living from a space that you weren't designed to live from. I would dare say that you have been trying to behave instead of just being living from who God has made you to be. See, when I live from who God made me to be, God, God told me I belong. He made me alive with Christ. He gave me a new life. And then he says, live from that. But see, behave says I live for it. Because behave says if I just keep trying long enough, then God maybe will just look at me and smile. Remember how we started this out. I believe that God declares that over every one of his children, that you are my child and I love you and I'm well pleased. I don't believe that you have to earn the favor of God tonight. I don't believe that you have to try and please God tonight. I don't believe that God's looking at you going, when are you going to get your act together? I don't believe that's true. I believe that God is looking at you going, when will you live from what is really true? That I have already paid it all. I've already done it all. And all you got to do is believe it and walk it out. 
There's a story in Luke chapter 19. And in Luke 19, there's a blind man. And that blind man meets Jesus. And guess what happens? Jesus does what Jesus always does. He heals. He restores. He buys back what had been lost. The man's sight had been taken. And he buys it back. And the man can see. And the words, the words actually say in, in Luke 19 that he could see clearly. You know what he did at the end of that story? The blind man? After he met Jesus. And he's like, that's cool. I can see clearly. He closes his eyes, gets his stick, and starts feeling his way home. Some of you were like, man, I never read that story. It's because it's not in the book. You know how he went home? Living from the miracle. He went home living with his eyes open. Why? Because Jesus had opened his eyes. He lived from the reality that Jesus had opened his eyes. He lived from the miracle. He didn't live for the miracle. And and tonight I wonder like how many of us are so busy trying to live for the miracle that we've missed that we are the miracle. You are the miracle tonight. Those of you that believe this gospel, you need to understand you're the miracle. Here's what I mean. We watch people that were dead that that are proclaiming that they are alive. Why? Because Jesus made them alive. The dead move to life. That is a miracle. And what they are to do now is they are to walk out. They are to live from the reality that the old is gone and the new has come. You are to walk out of here going, I'm not the same person I was before Jesus. I am a masterpiece. I am one that has been set free. I am one that is alive. And you walk out of these doors and you walk into your Monday and guess what you are? I'm alive. And I live from that. And I live in a space that declares, and it's actually the heart of worship. And worship isn't just the singing, by the way. Worship is everything you do. Worship is the way you live at home. Worship is the way that you go to work. Worship is the way you drive your car. So when you leave here and you're mad at people, you're worshiping. But worship comes from who we are. You don't, we, we don't worship to gain. We worship to declare. Why? Because when we declare, we're coming from who we are, from who God has made us. So I got one question and we're done. If I was to take the pad and draw you, the masterpiece, and I was to take your last week and I was just to begin to sketch what your week looked like, Would your week declare to the rest of the people in the room that you are someone who lives from or for? So God, we come before you. God, you, you are the lover of our souls. God, you declare that it's love that has motivated you, that that we are best when we are at home with you. You have declared over us that, God, you had done a work long before we even knew we needed the work. God, I pray over this room. I pray over the souls in this room that, God, you can see. You can see the soul. I pray in these next moments that, God, you would speak the inmost parts of us 
That God, you would call into faith, you would call into belief those that need to surrender and just accept the free gift tonight. God, I pray that they would cry out to you tonight. I pray that they would surrender to you tonight. I pray that they would recognize that they cannot, that they've been trying to behave well. But it's not about behave, it's about belonging through belief. And so God, would you set them free tonight? Would they go from death to life tonight because they trust you as their savior? They choose to trust this story that we've talked about. God, I pray over those in the room that, God, they, they have been walking with you. They, they, they are your masterpieces. But God, somewhere along the way, they got confused and they've made it about all the stuff they're doing. And they're living for trying to get your acceptance, trying to earn your forgiveness, trying to, trying to feel loved by you. Would you tonight just wash over them as we sing these last words? And God, would you remind them that we'd, we're all lost without you? We need you, God. We need to come back to the basics that we already belong. Would you put us back on a foundation of living from so that when we leave this room, God, we are ready to do the good works that you put in front of us. Thank you for the celebration of life in this place today. Thank you that you have rescued us. Thank you that the story is you move close. Would we declare that with everything we have in these next moments, that God, we need you and we'd be lost without you. Thank you for saving us. And everybody said, amen. Amen.